but when I was I was listening to you and I was listening very careful to to the comment you mentioned about the, the leadership of the organizations being majority white. Um, and that is that is quite concerning. And not because white people is not necessarily cannot necessarily lead those organizations, but just leads leads to a different discussion in my perspective. And that's the discussion of sustainability. Point one and the discussion of ability point two do we believe that it's people in some of those areas they can't manage those organizations is that the question or are we not really looking to create sustainable operations for the people we are helping in order for those organizations to get out because that's for me the discussion right i don't care much about the color of the leadership what i care is what, what is their plan where are they looking to build in those areas or what kind of work are they looking to do to help the, to help that people if it is a sustainable work then it's good thing if it is just feeding a machine to keep money moving that is not a good thing um, and and we we need to start focusing on that a lot more than necessarily um, the, the 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 Instagram type of work right and, and this, the second point is, we have a lot of problems outside of Africa as well, but we are not necessarily talking about those. We, we just decided to ignore the rest of the world and create this worldwide branding around Africa. And I think it doesn't mean that we, don't, we shouldn't help them, we have to help them. But we also have to talk about others. We also have to talk about other problems that are sociologically quite impactful for for the populations and, and the United States and the UK and Portugal with the refugees with in so many other places where things are affecting our our people and there is we don't have the same level of engagement from organizations to, to work on those and when why is that is that because it's not selling is that because there is no funding for that is because we don't talk about it I don't know I honestly don't know but we need to talk about it. I think you've addressed two really interesting, I think two linked points there. When I look at an NGO now, I think so many NGOs, the work they do changes the, it changes the status of the individual. It doesn't necessarily address the system around that person, which is creating the problems they might be experiencing. Um, it might, it, is it, you know, does it, for example, if you are helping a marginalized community in a country, um, you might talk about empowerment, but are you actually going to the government and saying, why are these people being ignored? Are you, are you allowing, are you advocating for them? Are you taking your qualifications to help them put, put, put in front of people and say, we are not being listened to? Um, are you educating them about their legal rights and how they can navigate a system which is probably built to disempower them or marginalize them? And you can look at what's going on in India as a very good example of that. And then that relates to coming back home is that all these things create systems whereby people feel powerless and they forget their agency. And I think that's happening, like you say, in all the countries you just talked about and at home here in the UK, how do you, how do you make people feel informed and 
ready to take a step to become active rather than feeling overwhelmed and desperate. And they just want to, you know, I, I get it. Like for some people, it's just too much to think about. It's, um, it's overwhelming. They just, it's just easy to go home, switch on the TV, make your dinner and forget. than it is to think about the fact that insect populations, bird populations will decline 60%. And we're facing an ecological, we are tipping into an ecological catastrophe. Um, So I think I'm trying to do more and more in my work is like, how do I nuance these stories of ways that people get them thinking like, I've got a part to play in this because we're all connected together. We are going to be in this together, whether we like it or not. Um, and I think the intent was there in my previous work. It just wasn't in the right, in the right place. It was a really painful realization because nobody goes into the situations like, Hey, I want to really reinforce white supremacy on the continent. You know, that's what I want to do. You do it because it's all unconscious. And you know, I, I think it's interesting you talk about, you know, um, your, your partner's called Alicia, right? Yes, Alicia. Yeah, and talking about like the work, like No White Saviors, I think she and I are both big fans of that account. Yeah. And one of the really important things they say, really helpful things they say is that if you're not, if you're not uncomfortable, then you're not listening. And I think it's how it, it's saying to people, you have to be able to tolerate a little bit of pain to go through this process. It's not painless. Change is never painless. You think about when we grow, when our bodies are growing as teenagers and, you know, there's parts of our knees start to grow really fast and it really hurts. Um, or you go to the gym and you stretch your muscles, like it hurts to do it, but the price you'll pay for it, the price that not actually, not the price you'll pay, but the price that other people pay for that is no longer tenable. You know, one of one of the things I I think a lot and I discuss also with Alicia is um in this project we are we have created this project to create this awareness, right? To raise awareness for problems out there by sharing positive messages of people trying to do something to fight against it. Um and one of the discussions we, we, we have is um what kind of things are we are we talking and what kind of messages are we sharing? And and while talking this uh, while having this conversation with you, um, something pops in my mind, which is something already came before, and that is, well, what is the line between, am I trying to help genuinely because I don't care about the color, and I'm doing it, and it's going to be helpful, and there is a white person trying to help a black person, and by doing that is creating this sense of voiceless and powerless in in the black community because it's always the white guy helping the black guy so how can we see what is really the help and what is not and that is that is for me so confusing to be honest with you and and it's very hard to to understand are we helping or aren't we helping (laughs) 
okay so the first thing i'd say if someone said that to me was like okay first of all let's look at you look at the history first because uh you're from which country originally I'm from, Portugal. from okay so like all the major european countries they had a great old time running around the world at one point systematically exploiting sure. the americas and you know, Portugal, including right yeah and there's there's a narrative out there it's like oh no like oh did we help them i'm like okay let's just take slavery for a moment and talk about the fact that slavery cost 23 million lives and it also robbed a continent of its human resources of its knowledge of its of ev any ability to sort of have its own journey and and you know that exploitation has very much left the, this continent in a very in a, in a certain state um so first of all take on some of the history into yourself so that you're going in with a level of conscience mm -hmm. then listen listen to the voices that are making you uncomfortable and hear what they've got to say and then don't necessarily assume what people want ask them what they want and then give it to them if you're qualified to do so which is and very I think, important if you qualify to do so. Yeah. No one is saying, I think there's a very sad reaction who's like, oh, but all these people do is trying to help good. I'm like, the intent on its own is not enough. It, ha it, it has to go further now. It has to be intense with a conscience. When I say it, like an, 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 an awareness. Um, and carry that into every interaction because i think for me you look at how hard the first nations have had to fight to be heard and are still fighting to be heard in the u.s and understand that it's it's very easy to because you've been well educated to think you know everything about the situation or that you're clued up or that you're awake but if you're not listening then you're not and so really trying to harness all of that into real respect and humility. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that is a much better place to start. Because most of the time, people, they know what they want most of the time. They know what they need. Um, yeah, I kind of, I would say that that is kind of where I'm at at the moment. And I think, you know, it's a bit like, you know, when you, I don't know what the homelessness like problem is like in Portugal at the moment. And someone said, you know, there's this idea that you shouldn't give homeless people money because they're just going to spend on this, this and this. I'm like, well, they, who cares? No matter what you give, no matter what money you give that person, they're going to be better off than with it than they are without it. Yeah. And, uh, and should... it's not. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead yeah. No, it's like, and, and it's, it's money, money. It's like, well, that, what that kind of power trip of like oh it's my money like i'm gonna spend that just i want to decide how it's spent it's like that doesn't change anything i'd much rather give a homeless person money if they want to spend on drugs well that's up to them i don't really mind i'm not there to judge that person's agency sure. or okay um i, I think i'd that. rather what's that i said i love it and i love it because um usually people ask me um why why did you give money to to the, that person on the street or or he's not doing anything it's just they're asking for money and he's going to spend in drugs most likely or or he's not going to spend in, in meds as he told you 
And I always ask you, why is that even relevant to you, right? So why do we have to, to think about if the person on the other end is going to keep what is said? In my mind, and maybe it's a very selfish mode, I, I think, well, it, he asked me money to buy uh, mats. He, doesn't, he obviously doesn't have a job or he doesn't have a, a way to keep the money, but he needs the meds. At least is what he told me and I gotta try to trust him. So I give him the money. If later on he doesn't spend the money buying the meds or, or buying the food or whatever, there is nothing I can do. But why do I need to spend time trying to prejudge if does, it's not going to make much difference? I know there is always this thing in, we have in Portugal with these people uh, helping parking the cars. And what they do is they stand there in the middle of the parking parking spot, parking parking area, and they just point to a parking spot that is free. So they don't really do a lot. They just tell you there's a parking there, which obviously I could see myself if some without someone telling me. But so we, we park the car, and usually they expect you to give them a euro or 50 cents or whatever. And most of the people don't give it. So I usually give it. And friends of mine have asked, why do you, why are you giving like one euro to this guy? He's like, yeah, you could have parked yourself. So in my mind is, this guy is not stealing. He's not beating you. He's not shouting on you. He's not doing anything that kind of hurting you. So he's just, he's trying somehow to do a task to get something paid back. Isn't that like a good thing? Why do we have to make it more complicated than that? Just focus on doing the right thing and let the others do the same. Yeah, I think there's a very, I think it's about, I think it's about feeling a, a sense of power. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a lot of where um, our, you know, where moral judgment comes into people about um, why people are in the situations they're in. And I think I always say to people like, if on the basis that I shouldn't give money to this man that he might use it for drugs, I probably about 70 to 80% of the UK population shouldn't be given their paycheck because they're probably going to spend it on drugs too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like you say, there's, it, it, it's, you have to, it, it, once you've done it, it's not hard, but you just got to wire into that compassion. It's like, irregardless of why that person is where they are, irregardless of what they might do with the money that have them, he's he's i've got so i've got so much i've got so much we have so much stuff we're so we are so unbelievably rich that it really doesn't cost anything really to give that person something which is going to help them on that particular day and then of course you know taking a big step from that is like well if you're not happy about that then get involved with the systems addressing it and i'm not saying i think to some degree it's interesting you know you're talking about homelessness and we're talking about how things perpetuate um how the systems are meant to help end up perpetuating problems san francisco i think i don't think i've seen a first world city personally where the homelessness is on such an on such a huge scale i'm talking about like 30 tents along a street and this is in san francisco is a spectacularly wealthy city and what was interesting is that part of why homelessness became so institutionalized in san francisco is that there were so many charities just doing the superficial day-to-day -day stuff like soup kitchens giving out supplies and not addressing the fact that the reason there's so much homelessness is because homes become so unaffordable and no one's, and there's no one saying, 
you know what, let's just cap it because people can't afford this anymore. And if they can't afford it, and this is a thing I like to say to people, you're only one or two steps away from this situation yourself. You just don't know it because you don't hold the cards in the situation. And when I say the situation, we, you know, we abdicate our political agency because, and I think going back to Instagram, we've placed more and more emphasis on our own individual experiences rather than our experiences as connected people. And when you, and I think the price of being connected is that we care about each other and it hurts because you're going to see people struggling and you're going to have to enter into an emotional exchange whereby you also have a responsibility to help each other. Um, and I think that is where I kind of would like my work to push people towards is like actually kind of like we're doing now like I remember when we had a first conversation you wanted to talk about my work and and for a moment I was going to but I realized well that's kind of about me and I want to talk about what my work where I'm kind of wake waking up to a bit and how I want to change what I've been part of and by having those conversations we start to open up to each other a lot more. Yeah. And when we talk about someone in the street, I think the easiest thing for people is to say, I can't deal with this. It makes me really sad, but I'm, I, I, I can't, I don't want to make that step to, to change this person's situation. Mm -hmm. um, I, we've just had a really um, difficult election here in the UK and that had a you know, for various reasons, had a very disappointing outcome. And you can read the terrain that you'd, if you took that as a superficial result, you'd say, oh, like this country has just really moved over to the right. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily the case when you actually talk to people, when we talk to people on the doorstep um, about what they're concerned about, everyone actually has very similar concerns. But that only works if we're talking to each other still, rather than pressing buttons for each other on a screen. And I'm not saying like, look, I'm not going to knock Instagram altogether because I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now if it wasn't for that connectedness. But I don't, I think it has a real danger of isolating people from each other. And the more cut off we become, the worse our problems become because we stop taking response, collective responsibility for our problems. You know, but just listening to you, it just kind of makes me think about... Um this Instagram and LinkedIn and social media and content and it kind of upsets me and, it, and it's been upsetting me for a while um, the inability of people to consume things that have relevance in life so a few, few weeks ago um, I made an experience um, in LinkedIn so I just shared so we, we were sharing podcasts the, the, the ones we were releasing and we were not getting much traction which is perfectly fine we're just starting but then I said, you know what, let me just share with my per same exact account, just share a, a video of a, a goat just singing, I will always love you. And I got 8,000 8, views compared to 100 views of the podcast with uh, the story of Google. And that is really scary. We, we, at this point in time, we are reading or consuming disposable firework type of information. Um, and we are not really spending time to talk about important things so this project was about awareness um, is about 
getting people to talk about the real problems rather than just continuously talking about things that don't have relevance for anyone. It doesn't mean that we don't we always have to talk about serious things. Of course we can always have fun. But the question is how much are we really talking? How much are we really avoiding? Just give an example. A few days ago I sh I asked um, a CEO of a food a company that is apparently having a mission to um, avoid food waste. And I thought, well, that really fits our, our project, so it would be pretty nice to have her to talk to us. Um, so I just dropped her an email, and, and the answer was, um, thank you very much for your contact, but this project is not relevant to us, uh, or this thing is not relevant to us. How come relevance was a word that was used to answer my email? You could say, I don't have time. You could have 10,000 ways to reject us, but relevance? Relevance is a quite tough word, right? We are doing social awareness. We are sharing positive messages. There is no, there is no way this is not relevant. And so, this thing is—it's often getting into my nerve. To be honest with you, I think there are like in that scenario, there are multiple reasons why people say things they do in a specific moment of time. Sometimes people don't think. Um, and I think there's always, like you say, because there's there is the assumption that because someone's doing good, they are good, <laughs> and um, they're not that. And I think sometimes we do good in inverted commas because it's good for us, not because it's good for other people. And you can find, you know, it goes back to the conversation you'd be having, like, why do kids go to Africa to volunteer? Well, sometimes they do because they're very socially aware and have a deep social conscience. Other times they want to do it because taking a photo with a black child makes you look like a good person and it gets likes and that helps you with your career or your public perception or your Instagram or the amount of good that your cause is being seen to do. And I think there has to be, um, like what we're having now, there has to be a much more intense, no, not intense, that's not the word I want to use, there has to be a much more powerful um, and rigorous examination and holding people to account as to why are you really doing what you're doing? Because you say you're doing good and the outcome might be seen good, but actually systematically you're part of something much more problematic. And I'm not saying you throw the bit, there's a, I'm not a big fan of what we call cancel culture, like one person does one bad thing and that's it, they're a bad person. I think you have to say, well, this is good you have to kind of you know, examine it and analyze it a bit mm -hmm. this is the outcome's great the intent is great but this bit in the middle there's a connect the wires across here we need to um i think by i think what we're doing now is by say connecting with people who are of a similar conscience and bring them together to put the magnifying glass um on on that kind of behavior that you're talking about did you i mean were you tempted to write back and say would you mind going into a little bit more detail because i think we're i thought you know i think we're on the same path here but i'm not understand why relevance is something that you're particularly worried about in terms of your exposure yeah i kind of answer that um not not so straight but i kind of um, questioned uh, if relevance is really what she meant with that. Um, 
But at the end, after we moved on, because ultimately we have people like you and others that really want to talk to us. And that is where we should focus, right? People that want to embrace this project and share the same, the same, the same ambition we share. Um, you know, I think I, I can do some things and some things are, and those things are to record this podcast, to keep on going with this project, to share stories. But I also really can't force people to either want to share, to share the same mission or even to listen. So I don't know how many people will listen to this podcast. I don't know if it's going to be one, two, one million. I don't know if this going to have one now and, and 6,000 or 5,000 or 1,000 in a year from now. But I also can't control it. And because I can't control it, I really don't, I shouldn't probably do um, spend much time about it, right? It's just, that's the way it is. I think like we say there is like, if people are listening, I think, and we're generally, we're drawn to, and everyone, you know, everyone has the ability to create content now. Um, and when you create content, sometimes you assume the only validity you have is it will have huge success. And that's a very, it's a, it's a poor barometer for what success can look like and what success can be. I think, okay. So for example, let's just take it as valid that for this particular person who wrote back to you, that this particular platform you have at the moment isn't relevant to them. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other ways that isn't relevant to other people. And your successes on a battle this big, because we are fighting on multiple fronts now. We are fighting on the environmental front. We are fighting on against the um, resurgence of right-wing politics and right-wing attitudes. We are, and that includes, you know, being anti-racism, um, um, you know, we are talking about the battle for the recognition of trans people. We are talking about gender equality. We're talking about gender for stuff. Yeah, and I, I could go on and on, but my point is that, you know, not every single battle is going to be a big, like you say, a big fireworks explosion. Sometimes it's just one more person comes on side or one more person comes awake. You know what actually what the really good example of this is like i don't know if in portugal you've had the same thing but in britain in the last i went vegan two years ago primarily on environmental grounds um and in that two years there has been a massive increase in vegan offerings on your in your day-to-day -day mm -hmm. diet and I, I go on a separate tangent about how much we consume versus how much people consume in developing countries but that's a different conversation for another day but it's like that did that only happened because people was kept talking to each other and maybe someone someone changed my mind i've changed someone else's mind someone else it might not have changed their mind but it got them thinking about it and a year later they decide to try it and so it's you know I think what Instagram does so well and, and, and not, it's not a good thing is that it's only if it makes a massive splash that it's anything to be regarded as valid. Whereas I'm much more like someone, if someone adds a comment and that's really meaningful and I'm really, and I appreciate it as an example, um, then that is every bit as important, if not more so, than someone just tapping a button because they've actually tried to make some kind of connection across a digital space. Yeah, and I fully agree. Um, so 
I started this project kind of selfish because I thought irrespective of how many people will listen to it, this will never fail. And will never fail because I will always learn something with everyone around, with everyone I'm talking to. And that is probably selfish, but it's it's probably a good way of, of describing it. This is not necessarily something we want to push through um, short podcasts with five minutes to get people to consume it. That is disposable content. We want to create meaningful, meaningful content that sometimes takes 20 minutes, that sometimes takes one hour um, because we want to share <clears throat> real stories like this one we're talking here. Um, and so the, 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 when we started this, we were not necessarily looking for the likes and the followers. We were looking to create something to be out there. And in worst case scenario, the success is, is granted and is given anyway, because every single story we listen, it's something else we learn. And that is something that is, in my opinion, just priceless. But it still frustrates me, right? It still frustrates me that people is focusing so much on disposable content is so much on goat singing I will always love you and so less in impactful messages so I of course is my thing and I will have to go through it but I'm not worried about the success of the project I'm more worried to be honest about the society in general I think I think if people do get frustrated you know that's kind of human and it's okay to be frustrated like you 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 would be inhuman if you weren't frustrated with what's going on in the world but I always say like don't stop being frustrated like take that energy and push it into say learning and absorbing more information because the wonderful thing about the internet for all its problems is that it gives people you say I think in some way that the power of the news has been is more than ever and also more mitigated than ever because now you have so many other platforms you can go and get a perspective on any particular issue that you care about if you and I would say to people you know I, I, I'm talking about racism in photography white supremacy in photography but I couldn't have done that without my friend Ramya my friend Shyster no white saviors um, there's a fantastic account called decolonize there's another one called uh, run by a gentleman called Zarah mm -hmm. um, who uh, who just yeah he you know the famous photo Steve McCurry took I kind of it encapsulates the whole thing so well he's very it's probably one of the most famous photos in, mo in modern photography of called Afghan girl and it's the girl with the red hijab and she's got these intense green eyes and she's staring straight into the camera mm -hmm. you know the one I'm talking about yeah. and everyone like you know it's that it, it's it's such an interesting narrative and I'm so grateful for him to putting it out there is that that photograph was taken under duress she was forced to take it by her teacher and this you know and people then read these very sort of like noble savage narrative into like wow like it really captures her soul it's like what is captured is how pissed off she is that she's had to take her beats forced to take her photo by Stephen McCurry and she's probably not very comfortable and then 
so many years later, they went back and found her and she's forced to do it again by her husband. <laughs> and I'm like, that is the story. That is the story of that photo. And then sometimes people say, oh, like, I took a photo of a guy in the street in London once. I'm like, oh my God, like you're looking to his soul. I'm like, no, he's just really confused why I wanted to take his photo. That's nothing to do with what's actually going on. So the more you expose yourself to uncomfortable learnings, the better placed you are to help others take the same journey. So, and just, you know, in talking about your podcast, I've been, I've got 12,000 Instagram followers at the moment. And I'm not, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's a fairly, compared to a, a person on the street, it's a fairly high number, um, not in the big scheme of things, but um, I've really wanted to talk about what we've discussed in um, the last hour or so with my followers and i have been terrified to and i think because i'm very aware there's going to be a certain contingent i'm not worried about losing followers but there are some people who are going to say oh my god i'm so sick of white people have been blamed for everything and i'm going to have to partake in those conversations and i've got a history of post-traumatic stress so it's going to be really tough um but at the same time i feel like i really want to take this step now and when you came along i was like i'm so grateful that you were open to having that conversation because it's given me the courage to start opening up the platform on which I speak, I speak on it. So, you know, there's a, there's a huge validity and success in that. And thank you. It's my pleasure, man. Uh, it's been a fantastic conversation. I'm, I've learned so much. Um, Chris, so we are, we are getting to an end in our conversation, but I, I don't want to close the conversation without, giving you the space to to share i don't know a last message a, a statement that you would like people to re to remember as something powerful that came out of this podcast and i think i like to finish that way because that's that's this that's that's the entire thing about this project right we want to share we want to talk it through and, and i i like people to share those those messages those statements those opinions those advices i don't care so Tell me, what is yours? I, I want people to be open to learning uncomfortable lessons and understand that all the issues they're worried about are actually interconnected and that by opening your mind to these uncomfortable learnings, we're going to be better positioned as a species to combat all these problems we're so worried about. And it's okay to be scared. <laughs> It's okay to be scared. I think it's a brilliant way to finish this conversation. Um, Chris, fantastic hour. Um, learned so much, enjoyed so much our conversation. Um, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you for taking the time to, to share your, your views and, and get yourself out of your comfort zone, as you said. I think everyone will enjoy it very much. And at least for me personally, it's been a terrific pleasure. Thank you and have fun. Um, I'm so grateful for your time and um, for letting me share. And so thank you very much. I, it's been great. Thank you.